Hello, I'm Mariet Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today we're looking at brain harmonics. Rebalance your brain for optimal health and performance. My guest is Lisa Maritz, neurofeedback practitioner at Brain Harmonics from Johannesburg. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Mariette, for having me. After our conversation, Lisa will give us her three best tips for calming down when feeling overwhelmed, and then it will be fun question time. Lisa, for thousands of years, there was no way of determining what really is going on in an individual brain, and today it's different. Could you tell us what neurofeedback, also called EEG biofeedback, is? Of course I can. To make it short and sweet, we um, use EEG electrodes to measure an individual's brainwaves. We put the electrodes on their head and we measure what a person's brainwaves are doing. It's a non-invasive process. So when we do the assessment, we can see whether a person, person's brain is functioning the way it should or whether there are some things that are maybe a little bit out of sync and may cause problems. For instance, sleep issues or concentration issues or depression or anxiety or anything you can think of really. And how does neurofeedback work? So that is practically the magic. So we use the same technology. It's really, really come far in the last 50, 60 years. We use technology to help give people feedback on how their brains are functioning in real time. So with doing that, we can help the brain to change its functioning in real time. So basically, when the electrodes are on the head, it goes through to a computer and the computer turns it into sound, for instance, and then we play the sound back to the client with headphones. So they'll hear their brain in the form of musical notes. So they will have their brain in their ears constantly, and then there will also be reward or inhibit sounds. So for instance, they will hear a piano playing, which is the the brain functioning, and then every time there's a reward sound, they might hear a bell. So the brain is clever enough to realize that every time it hears the bell, it is functioning better. And then it will start moving towards the reward, you know, gaining, gaining more and more optimal functioning as it goes along. So we try to help the brain to rewire and to go back to the way it's supposed to work, if that makes any sense. Yes, very interesting that the brain, like us, the, its owner, it likes rewards. Absolutely. And the brain is, a, um, you know, wanting to survive. That's its main function. So it always is going to try to protect you and do its optimal. So when you introduce a new way of doing, it will always follow the better way of doing. So it won't, it won't want to do worse. It will always want to do better. So when we can um, introduce a new way of doing and the brain can recognize that it is doing better, it will follow it. So that's great. Now you've mentioned optimal functioning. Can you explain to us 
how it all works. So um, we wouldn't come to you for neurofeedback if there weren't a reason for it. For sure. So most people will come when they really battle with something. For instance, they, they battle to sleep and they've tried all kinds of things. They've tried meditation, they've tried tablets or whatnot, you know, and they really find that they're not getting the sleep they want or anything else. They're struggling to focus or they're really anxious all the time or they have panic attacks or whatever the case may be. So they'll contact us for something specific like that, that really is interfering with their optimal functioning. And then once we do the assessment, we can determine which of the brainwave imbalances that we find is responsible or which combination of brainwave imbalances would be responsible for, for instance, sleep. So it depends on, on people, obviously different people, but most of the time it will be somebody who struggles with something specific that's really, you know, interfering with their ability to have a, a good functioning life. That would be mostly the people who would come. Could you explain to us what brain imbalances are? For sure. Brainwave imbalances imply that the brainwaves are not doing what they're supposed to. So everything that we do involves a, a certain brainwave function um, that makes it a, an optimal way to do that. For instance, if you are concentrating, you want your faster waves to be more active in the front of your head. But because of lots of things that we go through in life, including stress and medication use and injury and things like that, the brain, as, as I mentioned before, is trying to protect you. So it, it pads slow frequencies in the front of your head. So over time, it just happens more and more and more. And after a while, that's just the way that the brain is functioning now. So it's learned how to do that because of everything we go through in life. So that we'll call an imbalance because it's not supposed to be slow frequencies in the front when you're concentrating. It's supposed to be higher in the back. So when it's higher in the front, it obviously is an imbalance. It's just the brain, brain's way of trying to protect you in different situations, but over time it's adapted and then, you know, kind of got stuck there, if, if I can put it that way. Yeah. So that's what it's, it's not, it's not functioning the way it should be. That's why we call it an imbalance. Yeah. So the good thing is you don't really have to know why the imbalance has come about. Uh, no, you don't really. It, it helps in certain circumstances. In other words, if there were certain traumas that, um, for instance, if there was abuse, it might be helpful for me to know that because then I can kind of guide visualizations and so on. But it's not imperative for me to know because we really only work on what has happened to the brain, not really the reason why it's there. But the brain will then also, what makes it nice is it will help process whatever has caused it. You know, if it was injury, um, it's a little different because you can't really, we, we don't heal injuries. Physical injuries. Yes, that's right. But sometimes uh, what happens is the brain will work around the injured part and it will still create new pathways. So in a way, it does help with whatever may have caused it in some ways. It can help. But yeah, I don't really need to know specifically what has caused specific imbalances. 
just what it has done to the brain. Mm. Yeah. So brain harmonics has, well, I don't know what to call it for wonderful, better word, a map of when the brain should work in which way. Yeah. Luckily, we've had many people do tons of research in the past, which has given us quite a nice blueprint of, of what really should happen in terms of normal things like recall and and concentration and sleep and so on obviously each individual brain might have slightly different wants if i can put it that way for instance a person who is a more creative might have a slightly different pattern in terms of which waves are more dominant and so on but basically everyone needs to have certain things happen to have good sleep you know mm -hmm. so there are certain a blueprint is a nice way of putting it although you know each person is different and and we have to obviously account for everything a personality and upbringing and everything will will form you as a person um so it's not like you you everyone's brain waves need to be exactly the same but patterns kind of is what we're after getting good patterns going yeah, it sounds rather complicated, so I suppose <laughs> it, re it remains interesting for you as the practitioner. Yes, of course, of course. And the way that it, it helps the person and they feel the changes happening and, and so on, that remains very satisfying. Before we come to the more practical questions, which age groups can benefit from brain harmonics? The youngest I've trained um, was four years, Ooh. but basically... I guess if they can sit still for a little bit or, you know, we had a child once who um, was quite severely handicapped and we actually had the child sleep. So that would, would also help because if you move too much, that's a problem for the brain waves because... Um, then we're not getting good, solid feedback. So you so, had the child sleep during the yes, training? Yes, yes. Anyone can sleep. It's it's actually mm. very nice. But as long as they can sit still for, for a bit of time, we can do it. Uh, the oldest we've had is, I think it was 93. Mm -hmm. So basically anyone, um, yeah, the the requirement would just be if we can access the brain waves and we can give proper, solid feedback, the brain will will work and follow it. Yes, because the brain enjoys that, as you explained, yes. it enjoys that feedback. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, the, the good thing is we can talk to the brain and give the feedback within a ten thousandth of a second. Sure. So the feedback is really kind of immediate, which makes it so profound and optimal because the brain can really in real time see when I do this, it makes me feel good. When I hear that, I like it. So it can change in real time and follow the prompts in real time and then feel good <laughs> in real time. So that's really nice. And that's because of the complicated software. Of course. Yeah. What happens when a client comes for the first session? So it's normally an hour. We take half an hour to gather all the data. So basically we'll put the electrodes on the head and then we gather three minutes worth of data. We have a minute where they have their eyes closed and then we measure the functioning at that specific place of when the eyes are closed. Then we have a minute where they have their eyes open and we measure the functioning then. 
And then the third minute will be when we give them a task to do. So just basically listening to some something that I read, for instance, or reading something yourself, so we can see how the brain's functioning when it's busy. So that gives us um, a way to see how the brain functions through all the different tasks and things that we do. And then we move on to the next spot and we do the same three minutes and the next spot and the same Is that Are those different spots in the brain? Of course. We want to get an overall picture. So we measure throughout the brain, front, back, middle, yeah, all over. So, yeah, because you want to have a clear picture of what's happening throughout the head when people are busy doing different mm-hmm. things. So we can see what happens. That takes about half an hour or so. And then we normally give feedback. So we'll give verbal feedback and tell the client what's happening and what we pick up, what we see. And then afterwards, we'll type up a report and email that along with recommendations for training. So the assessment is very easy. People are obviously a little nervous because they don't know what to expect, but it's so easy. It's chill. Um, really nothing to worry about. It's it's quite nice and interesting, obviously. Yes, and you sit looking at a screen while yes. this is taking place. Yes. So you're enjoying yourself, <laughs> seeing I, what's going on. Yes, I have to see that we're gathering good solid data, so I have to watch the screen, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And after the assessment, what comes next? So we'll obviously recommend hours of training. So each person will look at the, their assessment. Um, we also call it a brain map. And we'll see what's going on. So depending on what combinations of imbalances they have, we'll recommend a certain amount of hours of training. Um, The point is obviously to help train the brain to work better. So the client will need to come back for sessions. So normally I find that most people will need about an average of 16 hours to rewire all the imbalances. Obviously, depending on each brain, it might be less or more. So, yeah, um, if we work on an average of 16 hours, they can come back for two-hour sessions or three-hour sessions, up to four-hour sessions at a time. Ideally, we'd like those the complete amount of hours to be finished in seven to ten days because it just makes the results so much more effective and long-lasting. So people will come, for instance, they'll come for four days or four hour sessions. So what happens during a session is they'll also be in a very nice and comfy chair or a bed and we'll hook them up again and we give the feedback again. So they'll basically just listen to their brainwaves. What makes it really nice is we can play movies or they can read or they can sleep while we're doing this so the brain gets the feedback no matter what what you're doing obviously you just need to kind of sit still (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah um it's really a very nice and relaxing process most clients really enjoy it and and they miss it once they're done um yeah so basically we while the client is there we give the feedback the brain gets the constant feedback and um, throughout the whole session we obviously have a plan that we structure so that we we can target all the imbalances and so on so yeah that's the the point we want to help train the brain so that it can function better so that's that's basically the training but it's so easy and nice and relaxing it's very interesting that you don't have to 
You don't have to consciously participate in the process because the brain is reacting to the stimulus it, yes, it gets. Exactly. And obviously it's doing it at the the required rate. If you are consciously thinking about doing something, it takes a bit longer to to get the messages there, right? So it actually is preferable if you are as relaxed as you can be because then the brain can do what it needs to do. If you are trying to concentrate too much, you can overthink it, you can access the stress, which obviously will interfere and make the process take a bit longer, you know. So the ideal is to just be as relaxed as you can be. So the brain can do its thing. It's happening at its own speed anyway. So the more you interfere, the more it's gonna, you know, make the process take longer because it has to kind of do two things at the same time if that makes sense mm. so if you are just relaxed if you sleep if you watch movie your brain can do do what it needs to do in the background kind of and what do you do while this is taking place i have to obviously monitor the screens and see what the brain is doing and if it's following the prompts if it's um, engaging if it's you know coming down or going up or whatever we needed to do so yeah i need to follow the brain's progress throughout the training to see whether it's responding some people's brains are a little more stubborn than others and it <laughs> takes a bit longer so i have to be able to see if the brain is responding the way i need it to and if we need to put more time into to a specific session or you know concentrate on something a little more if the brain is resisting a slight bit um, so yeah, I need to monitor it constantly and see what's happening so that we can adjust accordingly if it's necessary. Does it create new pathways while that's happening? Yes, that's exactly the point. It, we want the brain to create new pathways. So because I can't show you, I'm just going to try and explain it. It's like when you go from point A to point B, but you're taking the, the long route or the scenic route, we're trying to get it to take the highway. So we're going to reward it every time that it does go towards the highway. And as it progresses, we'll keep on rewarding um, the brain. And then, yeah, it keeps on building that pathway. It lays a new pathway. And then every time it does, it just makes it stronger and stronger. So, yeah, the point is that we want to help the brain to go the quickest possible route to achieve whatever it's doing. And I suppose you want the change to be permanent. So how do you manage that? So there are a few things that we try to do to make the the process last as long as possible, being as enduring as possible. So first of all, obviously, the amount of hours that we recommend. You know, if there are some brainwaves that will take longer to do, we'll recommend more hours. Um, the point is that you don't want to kind of short change it because if the brain only learns to do it halfway and the pathway is not solidly set it will eventually go back to what it knows and you know then it will go back so the amount of hours is kind of important also the amount of time that you do it in will help if you do it in a short amount of time it just creates stronger pathways if we stretch it over too long a time it takes longer to do so it would be ideal to do it within the seven to 10 day period. And then also something that's very important is our clients have to abstain from caffeine and alcohol and refined sugar and, you know, any recreational drugs for at least the period of training and then three weeks after so that we can allow these pathways to 
build and become as strong as possible. So it does take another three weeks or so to settle properly and become solid. That would be the ideal things to do in terms of the training itself. Um, but obviously anything else you do to help you know, calm yourself down and getting good patterns and habits in place, which you may not, maybe not have done. Um, for instance, getting a little bit more exercise, you know, making sure that you have good sleeping habits in terms of going to bed at a good time and so on will obviously just help the process along. Eating as healthily as you can would be helpful. Eating a little bit more proteins will help. But yeah, as long as you can try and, and get all these these new habits into your life as quickly as possible, the more you, you're going to become the new optimal you. And obviously, if it's, if it's the way that your life is going, that'll be fantastic to make it last as long as, as it can. We get clients, for instance, who are, for instance, CEOs of companies or they, you know, maybe in first responders positions and things like that so their lives are a little bit more stressful and they have traumas every day or things like that um, lots of stress and things so it might be for them it might be a good idea to just maintain these new pathways so that would require maybe a top up of a few hours every few months or once a year or whatever just to maintain it because I mean life happens right mm -hmm. and if you if you want to stay in the good path and help your brain to be as optimal maintaining the good pathways would be a good idea so for some people you don't need to maintain it's just their lives are just easy enough if i can put it that way to maintain everything but it would depend on your lifestyle if you if you want to maintain it but it's supposed to kind of be long lasting that would be the ideal but depending on life happening mm. i guess mm. And I suppose if you have a trauma, for instance, you lose a loved one mm. or something like that, you mm. you could consider returning. Yes, absolutely. So it should be it should be a little easier to handle, but you know it it's never a bad idea to just help your brain along um, to help process it and not cause uh, imbalances again. So that would be nice. It's always a good idea to, you know, consider it if you feel like you're not bouncing back as easily as you could. Let's just look at, at reasons for coming. Mm. Um, we talk about health and we talk about performance. Could you give some examples of how it could improve your health and how it could improve your performance? Well, first of all, if, if you are not sleeping well, for instance, you are going to have other problems. <laughs> You're not going to concentrate well. Your mood's going to be affected. You know, your performance is going, uh, your performance at work, for instance, is going to not be up to scratch. So obviously that will cause anxiety. So it's like a snowball effect, right? Obviously also health effects. If you're not sleeping well, your body doesn't do what it needs to do while you're supposed to sleep. So it can cause all kinds of health problems. Um, for instance, to name a very easy example, it can lead to higher blood pressure, for instance, anxiety and things like that. So if you can calm your brain down and have your brain do what it's supposed to, it will help you and your health as well. Obviously, we can't cure health problems, right? But if your brain is functioning optimally, it will filter down to, your, to the rest of you and it will help with 
things, you know, getting your health more optimal. We've had people who could stop taking sleep medication after training or who could stop taking blood pressure medication. And even in some cases, um, use less depression medication or anxiety medication or even stop it completely with obviously the, the guidance of their doctor. So health-wise, it can make a huge difference. People who have more severe issues in terms of maybe immune deficiency or immune disorders, um, we can help their bodies not flare up as much because, you know, if they are more if they are more balanced and less stressed, the body will not react in a stressed manner as easily. Um, headaches you know, migraines, if you have less of that, you can take less tablets or, or whatever you normally do. So yes, it can definitely help your wellness. In terms of performance, if you concentrate better, for instance, if you're more focused, you're going to get more done at work. Um, you're going to feel more accomplished. You're going to not be so overwhelmed. You're going to get more done. You're going to, you know, have better plans in place to get whatever you need to do done. In terms of even sports performance, that, that could be very, very helpful because it helps calm the brain, it helps your balance and coordination. It's really quite far-reaching. You know, your mental health is, is very important for every part of you and every part of your functioning. So getting the brain in a better place will influence everything, even your relationships. Because mm -hmm. if you are not confrontational, for instance, you'll have better you know, relationships with your loved, one, loved ones, for instance. Do you have loved ones who bring their partners to you and say, please help? Um. <laughs> that was just a joke. No, I know, but it, it, it has happened. But yeah, that, <laughs> that's a little a, a tough one. Because mm. I mean, it's, it's hard pointing fingers at just one mm. party, right? <laughs> no, you should bring yourself. That's yes. what you should do. A, a, a partnership, doing, doing both would be ideal. Mm. And we've had that. It's really quite, yeah. quite nice to see. And have you noticed during the COVID pandemic, have you noticed a change in the reasons why people come? I have. But also, I, I've noticed more people having more issues, if I can put it that way. And, and also, what I've noticed is that some of the patterns are quite strong because of this weird thing that we're going through. Um, so in some cases, it's taken a bit longer to get the balances better. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, this is such a weird and unknown thing. For us to go through and we've had to adjust in, in, in ways that we've never had really to adjust had to adjust before so yes definitely people are coming they're suffering more with with anxiety because of all the um, you know the uncertainty of all of this you know people have lost their jobs they've loved uh, lost loved ones so yeah the dynamic is is very different people are coming for, for for different reasons, more people are actually seeking help, which is obviously a good thing. Not that people have the problem to begin with, but that they are actually asking for help. So yes, there has been a change, I think. And in children as well? Um, not as much in my experience, but I think it's just because, you know, maybe kids are a little more adaptable. But Yes, there are kids also who suffer a lot more from anxiety 
than than they used to because it's such an uncertain mm. period, right? And things are very different than what they know. But yeah, I, I haven't seen too many too many kids during this period, but that might also be because of the COVID pandemic. People don't want to expose their kids; they're keeping them at home and so on. Mm. But yeah, I've I, I know of lots of kids who are suffering also. Mm. And you did mention that brain harmonics is non-invasive. If someone is listening and they want to make doubly sure that it's safe? It's so safe that even pregnant people can, can go through neurofeedback. There is absolutely no input into the brain whatsoever. It, when we put the electrodes on the head, it really just is listening and picking up the brain waves. That is relayed to a computer and software, which turns it into something recognizable like music for instance and we play that back to the client with headphones so they basically are just listening or even seeing some of the feedback would be um, visual that's it they hear and they see their brain waves there's no input into the brain whatsoever there's even been studies on animals so it's completely completely safe mm. there's nothing that can happen you know nothing in terms of physical you know shocks people sometimes think they're going to be shocked oh no that's not that's the farthest from the mm. truth mm. it's completely non-invasive and safe and how did you get involved with brain harmonics um it's yeah it's one of those things where it just happened uh, um i was a journalist for a magazine a woman's magazine at the time and I got the opportunity to do an article about neurofeedback. So as I started doing my research on it, I got very interested. And when I had the interview with the, with the owner, Kerry Radman, I was completely sold. This is so such a fantastic thing. Um, and it's actually used worldwide. It's just a little, it's unknown in our country, um, but it should be available to anyone and everyone. So yeah, I was very sold. It's a natural way of getting the brain to function better on all the, the levels that it can. It's spectacular. It's really a fantastic thing to go through. So yes, that's how it happened. It's going on 10 and a half years now. We've enjoyed every minute of it. And where can people find out more about your work? So, well, you can Google about neurofeedback if you want to, you know, go and read about all the studies that have been done over the decades. But in terms of us specifically, we have a website, um, www.brainharmonics.co.za. You can get all our details on there, including where we have branches, their contact details, so, yeah, that would be the easiest way. We're also on Facebook, which is um, also a nice way of going to have a look at testimonials and um, different research and things that we post on there. So, yeah, that would be the easiest ways. There's also contact details on there. Email is, is quite a nice way of getting in contact or even WhatsApp. So, yeah, that the contact details of all the different branches is on the website yeah if you say branches you mean countrywide we have branches in cape town um and 
We have a two in Joburg, one in Pretoria, and then we have traveling or mobile offices, if we can call it that, go to Polokwane and Durban. But yeah, depending on, on the need, we can basically travel anywhere. So yeah, anywhere in the country where you need help, you can get in contact and we can make a plan. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. And now for your three best tips on calming down when feeling overwhelmed. This is what I found helpful for me. Everyone might have something different, but the first thing I normally need to do when I feel overwhelmed is to get outside. Um, I find that being outside, having the fresh air, not feeling constrained really helps just getting some deep breaths in. It just immediately does something for me. It calms me down. And obviously just taking a few minutes for yourself where you can breathe. Um, and then physically breathing. It's something that I found people don't really know how to do properly. And it's so helpful getting deep breaths in and out. It gets oxygen to the brain. It gets oxygen everywhere in your body. But also it will help calm down your heart rate, which will help calm you down. So it's a physical thing that you can also do to help just settle yourself a little bit. And then also, oftentimes when we feel overwhelmed, it's because things are just running around in your head. But I found if you start making a list of things that you need to do, for instance, it helps organize things. And it oftentimes is much less than what you thought it is. So if you start naming them, you'll see oh, there's only really three things that I need to do. Not as bad as what it felt in your head. So I would say just take a moment, go outside if you can, um, take deep, deep, even breaths, and then just organize yourself, make a few notes. I think that that's quite helpful to just get you back in, back in the saddle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, may okay. I ask you your fun question? Oh, you may. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have been known to wear very pretty earrings. Oh, my word. <laughs> yes, I've known you for a while. And you have a strong creative streak. Oh, thank Now, you. my question is, if you were asked to invent earrings that one can eat. Oh, my word. Oh. What a cool question. What would you make them of? My immediate thought would be donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that popped into my mind. Like with sprinkles and all colorful and, and playful and sweet. <laughs> I think that would, yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. I think one would have to wear a bathing suit while you're wearing your... And tie your hair back, yes. Yes, I think so. Otherwise, it'll all be one sticky mess. So maybe, you know, if I get time to think about it, donuts might not be the first thing. But yeah, that's what came to mind first. Donut earring party. That yes. sounds like the next thing to me. Yeah, maybe it can become a thing. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for the way you unpacked brain harmonics for uh, us. I hope it's, it makes sense, but sure, anyone can ask questions. Um, it is quite a, a cool thing and it's quite involved. So I hope I laid out the basics at least and, and people can just understand what it's, what it's all about because it's really amazing and it'll be so cool to have people investigate it more, mm -hmm. just to know about the options available to them. Mm. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you to our listeners. 
If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in upping your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, mariettesneyman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneyman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 